Welcome to our brand new podcast, The Wildverse. A show that covers all aspects of this wild world of taxidermy in a place where artists and hunters collide. On this first episode, we would like to give you all a little taste of what to expect in the coming year and what our show is all about. Tips on picking your artists, stories from world-renowned taxidermists and everyday shop talk about what goes on behind the scenes. We have a little something for anyone who loves the outdoors and the wildlife that calls it home. I could not tell you how many interviews we have coming up that I am so excited to share with everyone. Taxidermists can be some very unique individuals. You definitely have that right. (laughs) That is for sure. So uh, we thought we would introduce ourselves to our audience by sharing a little bit about each of our stories. Um, Ashley, how about you start off with your story first? So my name is Ashley Eve and I'm a taxidermist. So I grew up in Northern California and I grew up on like a little ranch. And so, um, you know, we had animals as a kid. Some of the things I did when I was younger, I was a 4-H kid that translated into FFA. Um, I rode horses and uh, did a little bit of rodeo stuff. So I was always kind of involved with animals, but I never really got into hunting until I was like 17, 18 years old. And so that's how I got into taxidermy was through hunting. So I started getting into hunting at the time, like I was uh, going to college. My idea for going to college, I was going to be a veterinary technician. And so I even worked in an animal hospital. And uh, as I was working that job, I kind of discovered that it was not what I wanted to do. I liked working with animals, but I didn't like that environment very much. And so I... Um, was kind of getting into taxidermy, like I was kind of getting to the idea of taxidermy, like a lot of uh, hunters do. You know, I think most hunters like the idea of taxidermy. And so I was, of course, one of those, um, or like the idea of doing taxidermy, rather. And so I started kind of like, you know, dabbling in it just a little bit. But what my first big experience doing taxidermy was, was when I shot a bear. And so I, you know, shot this bear and I wanted to do something cool with the mount. I wanted to do a half life-size mount. And so when I told my taxidermist that at the time, he's like, hey, you know, that mount is uh, kind of an expensive deal. But he also knew that I was interested in taxidermy. And so he said, hey, you can come mount this bear in my shop and I will help you do it. You just have to pay for supplies and I'll help you, you know, with the whole mount. So we mounted this bear together. And so that guy's name was Dale Griffin. He's really who um, was my first like introduction into taxidermy, like actually doing taxidermy. So I credit him a lot for getting me started, literally started. But then, you know, that only gets you so far. And so that was in 2015 is when I worked with him and we mounted this bear. Fast forward a little bit later that year. So I mentioned this because it's like probably the biggest impact I had um, in my pursuit of taxidermy was that I was living with my parents still and we lost our house in a wildfire there in California. Uh, you know, we lost everything, our house, ranch, all that. And I was obviously super devastated, but a little bit of a silver lining was that my parents, they were so generous. They gave me money, like they reimbursed me for the things that I lost in the fire, like my bed, clothes, furniture, whatever. You know, I didn't have a lot, but that amount that they gave me, they reimbursed me for was like the perfect amount to go to taxidermy school. 
So instead of, you know, purchasing furniture or whatever, I took myself up to Montana and I went to taxidermy school. And so kind of like a silver lining on how, you know, I turned a tragedy into something um, that I didn't even realize at the time would become like, you know, my career, everything. So that was taxidermy school. It took me a little bit of time to like get to where I'm at now. Like I worked um, for Racks and Tracks in California and I, you know, started attending conventions and went to seminars. I took Wes Mott's advanced taxidermy class and then I started working with Wes and he's really what got me to like the level that I'm at. And then now I work for myself and I have my own business. So that's kind of like my route for getting started in taxidermy. And, um, you know, I, when people ask me like, how'd you get started? How'd you learn taxidermy? I never know what to say because, you know, what facet of that story do I tell them or do I say a little bit or do I say a lot? So I generally say that I got started by like getting into hunting and that's true. So that's kind of my story and how I started. Heather, what do you have to say about that? What do you think? So it definitely, you have like a lot of stuff going on. You had everything from almost like the apprenticeship kind of in the beginning to then you went to school and then you worked for somebody. Um, so yeah, you kind of got a little bit of experience into every part of the learning. So that was kind of really interesting. I guess I know one thing we were going to do is uh, share photos of our first mounts that we all know we wish we could change a lot of things. <laughs> so you have the honor of going first. I'm going to open up that file. <laughs> yeah, let me share with you guys some of my first mounts. And I'll pull this up at the same time too. So I did include that picture of that first bear that I worked on. Let me pull that up here. Okay, I am opening my email and I'm going to take a look at these beauties. So first of all, do you know what the first thing was that you ever mounted? Would that be your bear? Yeah, so that's the first thing I ever um, actually taxidermied was that bear. And so I did that bear under instruction. So the first thing I ever did solo was a little raccoon head. We'll pull it up on the screen here. For anyone just listening to us right now, we're going to post this on YouTube as well. So you'll be able to see these pictures on our YouTube and you can share with us these uh, these glorious pictures of our first mounts. Your raccoon head is actually pretty cute. That is that is nice. Um, there is, you know, your bear is a little lacking, but we all have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we all start somewhere. The bear. I have definitely. The raccoon. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool that it was a cinnamon bear with that white spot on its chest, though. Yeah, so that's my first bear I ever, like, hunted and harvested, and then I was able to taxidermy it, too. So it meant a lot. Like, it's probably my most sentimental mount, even though it's not the greatest quality. Yeah, that's all right. I mounted my first buck as one of mine, so, you know, it ain't pretty, but it was my first deer, so it's... Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. Your deer's somewhere. really nice, of course, like... Oh, so that who would have who would have expected? Oh, well, that deer, that one um, was in taxidermy school, so I shouldn't take all the credit for this either. Like okay. it was under instruction as well, but I do think it wasn't too bad for like the first deer I ever taxidermied. No, that's a solid typical customer mount deer. Yeah, I I think I've done a lot worse mounts than that. And then I see your first competition. You got a blue ribbon on a mule deer. Yeah, that one. We'll have to share that in another episode, like when we talk about our competition stuff. But 
uh, that was my first competition that I ever attended and it was in the novice division. I got my blue ribbon and so I was super stoked on that. Awesome. Awesome. Is that one that you killed or was that one that was like a customer's or something? That mule deer, it was just like I bought the cape and I bought the antlers and okay, that's probably the only competition piece that I've ever done that I actually haven't harvested myself or one of the few, but anyway, um, so that's my first competition mount too. Neat, neat. So you said that when you were younger, you did like 4-H and uh, like rodeo stuff. So like that intrigues me, of course, because I like livestock and things like that. So like what what were your projects? What were things that you did? So in 4-H and FFA, I was uh, totally into the animal side, the livestock. I raised animals to bring to auction. We were just raising them to be turned into meat, kind of the same thing as hunting. And like even as a family, we butchered our own animals too. So that was... Um, something that translated into taxidermy also. Um, but yeah, so I rode horses. I had um, my big things in 4-H and FFA. I did pigs mostly. I had a couple steers. I did uh, okay. had some goats and a sheep. And so I did a lot of different animals, but um, pigs were my big thing. So I was a little pig farmer for a little while. Yeah. Pigs are cool. Pigs are unique animals. You know, like they're smart and like they're really not dirty if you give them the opportunity to not be dirty. Like they, they're intriguing, but they also have minds of their own and they can just be complete like buttholes sometimes. Oh yeah. (laughs) I had some really cool pigs. Like just real quick. I had a pig that we would take it on walks, like in one of our front fields and it would chase cars when they would come down the street, it would like chase after them. And it was so cool. Like it would, it had a lot of personality that one pig in particular. So like you're saying, like pigs are actually pretty neat. I think they're totally underrated. I raised quite a few of them over the years. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty neat. I just, I'll just add real quick. Like when I did 4-H, I did a pig one year and my pig wanted to fight all the other pigs. Oh, they're mean little buggers. Ended my pig projects. (laughs) Oh yeah. My pig got in there and he just wanted, he was out for blood. So that was uh, my pig experience. Oh, that's, they got a lot of personality, including um, maybe some negative personality traits too. Not that that's yeah. too negative, but you know, kind of yeah. mean, kind of feisty. I guess this is going to be like my last little impromptu question for you. Um, if you liked pigs when you showed pigs, have you mounted any pigs yet? Like, have you have you ever mounted like a wild boar? I have mounted pigs before and I do not really like doing that I'm not you know they're not my thing because I've mounted some wild boars yeah they're not my uh you know most favorite animal to taxidermy so I actually turn them down right now just I used to not but um yeah I they're you know obviously we can talk about that later at a different time too but yeah I'm not super big on mounting pigs but I do love them when they're alive yes you're you're a fan of the live ones just not yes (laughs) exactly Don't blame you. Well, let's jump into your story a little bit. I'm curious to know what got you started a taxidermy, a little bit about your background. Take it away. So, so oddly enough, I mean, our stories are pretty similar in the beginning. You know, I grew up on a farm. I loved animals. I loved horses. And like I, my first livestock was like a goat and I got into cows and like the same 4-H FFA, and I thought I wanted to be a vet, like you wanted to be a vet tech, because, um, you know, you just like being around animals. But I uh, I 
job shadowed some vet techs and kind of almost like you said, it's just the environment was just not there for me. Um, you're, you know, you're in an office, literally all you're doing all day is checking dogs for fleas, taking their temperature, doing paperwork. Um, I don't really like cats, so I don't, I didn't want to mess with cats in an office. And really jobs for like large animal vets were kind of slim. So I, I thought that's what I wanted to do. But then I went to college for literally like one semester and just did gen eds. Thinking like, you know, I'll figure out what I want to do. Maybe I'll just do large animal science and get some sort of job in the agriculture industry. But then once I figured out that like I am not into college because I like working with my hands, I thought, well, like I always was interested in taxidermy. Like whenever my dad would go on pheasant hunts out West, he'd like bring me wings back and stuff. And I liked to like, I had a box full of like wings and little hides and I'd dry out deer feet. And like in school, I loved, I loved those like dissections. (laughs) I was a freaking weirdo, I guess. (laughs) But I loved the dissections of like the animals and, um, when I was in elementary school, we did those owl pellets, you know, they like puke up hairballs with bones in them. And so I liked pulling them apart. And like, I don't know, I was just weird with things like that. So taxidermy, I thought would be really neat. I actually went to a local taxidermist and asked him what his opinion was on schools. I thought that maybe he'd give me some insight into what would be a good school to go to. But it turned out that he, he had there was a whole debacle. He kind of sold his business um, and then kind of had to take it back over because of some things. So he really didn't want to be doing it. I did want to be doing it. So it kind of worked out good. He's like, I can just teach you. And um, I kind of just did that. You know, it was a really good price because it gave him help in his shop. And I also got to learn. So I did that for maybe four or five, probably three or four years. After that, he kind of wanted to actually retire. So I kind of took over the shop, except I started my own business. Uh, My first year went great, but then like I started to get swamped and I was always told that you don't turn away work and people, you know, you just get so, you can't find anybody to help you. So I got stressed out and I was like done running my own business. So I uh, pretty much shut that down and I went and started working for somebody else full time in a big shop and it's just so much nicer. I get to just work and go home and it's fantastic. So how long have you actually been doing taxidermy for? So, I mean, we do have very similar stories actually, and maybe we even started like around the same age, it sounds like, but I'm curious, like how long have you been doing taxidermy? Like when did you start that, um, I guess like apprenticeship, is that what you'd call it? Yeah, so that would be, I got out of high school in 2011. Um, So I started, so it had been the summer of 2011. So I started taxidermy the fall of 2011. So it would be what, that'd be 12 years now? Yeah, that's right. 12 years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I started when I was like 18 or 19, something like that. And so when you worked for this guy, were you paid or was it like an internship deal? Did you just have to work for experience? So I'll be honest, I don't remember right off in the beginning 
if it was like if I was getting paid, but I feel like when deer were coming in, I think I got paid like, you know, for every, every deer hide that I would prep, you know, turn flesh, salt, every one of those, like I get paid a certain amount. And then as I got better, I'd get paid a little bit more. So it wasn't like an hourly thing. It was like each individual thing I got done. So like you were paid by the project basically. Yeah. Yep. So it's like a, some people get paid like commission based, but this really wasn't commission, I guess. I guess in some ways maybe it was, but it was just a flat price for each one. Like once I started mountain deer, you know, I got paid so much per deer head, stuff like that. Like paid by the task basically at first. And then you translated to actually being paid by the deer, I guess. Yep. Yeah. So you said you didn't like working with cats when you worked for the, um, the veterinary offices or like when you shadowed and stuff. Uh, but now you are, you know, you mount a lot of bobcats, right? So do you think there's um, maybe a parallel there? Like I like I hate cats so much that I just want them dead. Yeah. <laughs> no. Because yeah, you you I, do I great say. bobcats. Like I've seen your bobcat work. Oh yeah. No. I like I think they're pretty. Um, I just don't like the personality of cats. Like we have farm cats, and that's fine. They get to pet them when I want to pet them, and then like you just you can go on somewhere type of deal. But um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Like you like pigs when they're alive and not when they're dead. I don't really like cats when they're alive, but I'll take them when they're dead. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking by asking that question. Like, is this kind of like the same situation backwards? So I wonder if there's a parallel there, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I guess then you can check out my first mount pictures. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let me look at those. Let's see. Like, I think each one was literally my first one. First of like each species? Is that? Yes. I'm going to open it up on my end just so that I can kind of remember. So like the picture of the little buck, the little like four pointer or whatever he is, like that was my first buck I ever shot. So of course I wanted to mount him. He might've been like my second deer I ever mounted. His eye looks rough in that picture. That one, um, just the wall mount one. Yes. The little shoulder mount. Yeah. One. He's uh, you know, not like terrible. I have seen a lot of worse white tail than that. I think too bad. Yeah, the light isn't exactly flattering. Did you do that one when you were working at that guy's shop? Like, were you able to mount your own animals? Yes, so that was like um, when I was learning, I think I did four deer heads and then like one coyote, one raccoon, one fox, one bobcat. Like, I didn't learn any birds. I just really wasn't interested in birds. So it was all just mammals. So the picture of the raccoon. Yeah, and you do a lot of small mammals now, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the raccoon. It's actually not a bad-looking raccoon. Like, I would say that passes. Probably better a raccoon than I can do now. <laughs> I don't know about that. But it was my first one. My first. I have him actually still in my house. He just kind of hangs out on a ladder with some decorations. He's fallen a couple times, and his one ear is busted, but he still looks okay. And then you have this fox. Yeah. Big ears. <laughs> I don't think that looks too bad. Like the eyes look pretty good. Maybe the rest of it's a little scruffy. Scruffy is a good word for it. (laughs) Bobcat, you know, that's cute. It's not bad. No, you know, you see all the hair patterns are a bit wavy and he definitely needs some grooming. And I think he's missing whiskers on half of his face. But, you know, for the first Bobcat, you know, you had to start somewhere. Kind of like you said earlier. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, if that's your first Bobcat, that ain't too bad. Like that's, you know everyone knows you see some crazy bobcats yeah um that people do so that's really not too bad 
And then, so what's the deal with this velvet one? So that was one of my first four deer. And that was like the first pedestal one I did. And I thought it'd be like so cool to have him like rubbing his antlers on, (laughs) on a sapling. So that's what I did. That is so cool. So did you say you shot that deer? No, I did not. There's a whole story behind that deer that can't quite say on a recording. (laughs) Oh no, you might have to tell me that later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but he was, you know, his velvet, didn't know at the time, like how to preserve velvet. And I didn't really get them soon enough to be able to preserve them. So that's why then I added the bloodiness, like he's shedding it or something. That looks good. It looks like, you know, something you'd see at a taxidermy competition. Yeah, he had some artistic flair. Did you have to alter that mannequin? Yes, I did. I did. And I honestly do not remember if he gave me help or if I was just kind of on my own on that one. It's been too long ago to remember. (laughs) Well, that's still to alter a mannequin for being like one of your first mounts. That's pretty ambitious, too. And it, you know, doesn't look bad either. So that's pretty good. Well, thanks. So after all that dirt on ourselves, let's get into what in the world made us want to start a podcast. Well, I know I had thought about it for a while, and apparently after talking to you, we had the same thoughts. Yeah, so I got to give it to you, Heather. You came up with the idea for the podcast, and I am here just simply as a as your plus one. Real quick, I want to say, like, so we actually... I guess, first connected through TikTok, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's, you know, we're in the social media scene. We were each making taxidermy videos. And I think a podcast really, you know, just adds to like the social media repertoire that we have. So it kind of just made sense, I think. Let us hear naturally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was one of them things that, you know, I love talking about taxidermy and I love talking to other taxidermists. And, um, you know, I don't know. I always just felt kind of connected to you. I don't know if it's through the TikTok or just like the other things. I just felt like we had a lot in common. So when I was researching a podcast and it, it talked about a co-host. Yeah, obviously we have a lot in common. So Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. When it talked about a co-host, I was like, you know what? Ashley would be perfect for this. So then I texted you and you were like, yes, I wanted to do that too. So it just kind of got us to where we're at. Yeah, I uh, I want to bring up one more time, like how similar I think our stories are. That's pretty cool. So maybe that's kind of like where we had always been a little bit connected to each other, like just, you know, similar people, similar stories, personalities. Yeah, it's very weird. It's very strange. There's just those people that you kind of feel like, kind of like know them without actually knowing them. So it worked out great. You know, I, I look for people, like I look for other women in the taxidermy industry that are kind of... I feel like I can relate to because there's some that I feel like I cannot relate to. So it's kind of nice to have somebody that we can talk about uh, things with and get along well. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I feel exactly the same way. Um, I know when we've been prepping for this podcast, too, we've been conversing a lot and like trying to get stuff together. And um, just the way we're like able to flow together seems very natural. So I think we're going to have a lot of good luck 
Absolutely. I agree. So uh, here's kind of what to expect from the Wildverse podcast. Weekly episodes every Tuesday. We like to consider it our Taxidermy Tuesday. Interviews from world-class taxidermists and leading companies in the industry. And we're also going to do monthly trivia episodes where we go live with trivia about topics on taxidermy, conservation, biology, anatomy, and more. And we're also going to have weekly YouTube videos of our show so our listeners can watch and follow along with pictures and videos of what we're talking about in that week's show. So make sure to check us out there. We're also going to cover state and national shows as well as the 2024 World Show. I am excited about that one. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, (laughs) We also have fun episodes about all the things related to taxidermy. Um, From hunts where the animal was harvested to famous mounts all over the world. We will have a little bit of something for anyone with a curious mind. Can't wait. And I think that wraps up our first episode of The Wildverse. We want to thank you for listening, and we're excited to share this journey with you. If you would like to stay up to date on our new episodes, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Wildverse, to see when new videos come out. You can also show us some love by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next week, hope you enjoy the show. And hey, don't forget to order Clay. I know you're almost out. Heck yeah.